Hello, and you're very welcome to season two of the Jameson Graduate Programme podcast. This is a six episode series focusing on a different part of the Jameson International Graduate Programme each week. These episodes aim to share insights onto how the programme supports you both professionally and personally from both past and present brand ambassadors. You'll get to know all about that serious character we look for in candidates. And on this very special bonus episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Claire Tolan, Managing Director of Ireland. Claire will also be talking to us all about her career journey and learning from leaders. Hey, how are you? Claire, how are you? Brilliant. You just asked me how I was and I completely disregarded <laughs> that. I, I'm fine, I'm fine. Good. In the lead up to that kind of Christmas season, getting a bit of a Christmas buzz. And Claire, you are, as I mentioned there, the Managing Director of Ireland, which is a huge, your role holds such responsibility However, your journey started on the Jameson International Graduate Programme, did it not? It sure did, yeah. And before we kind of get into your, I guess, career journey, I want to talk about, you know, before that, what did you study in college? When did you learn about the Jameson International Graduate Programme? What drew you to it? Um, so I studied international marketing with French and Spanish in DCU. And um, it was very, um, well, not <laughs> very strategic in terms of how I chose what I wanted to do. So two of my cousins actually did the same course before. And they were from Mayo, but they used to stay in our house when they were doing Erasmus, when they were traveling over and back because we live close to the airport. Mm -hmm. So whatever, you know, mid-teens, I saw them kind of living this glamorous life going over to France and spending a year over there. So because I was doing languages, I decided, OK, that's something I would like to do. I'd love to travel. I'd love to live abroad. So um that was how I decided what I was going to study. You didn't want to go down to them to Mayo and live the glamorous life. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I went to DCU, so not too far. I'm from Malahide. Uh, so I went to DCU and did international marketing and did French and Spanish. So I did my third year in Spain, which was amazing. And then uh, when I came back from there, obviously did fourth year. And at that stage, everybody was really serious about, you know, trying to find jobs and mm. getting onto all the different graduate programs. But having spent the year abroad, I was, you know, quite attracted to um, what was called the EOP program at the time, the European Overseas Program. So it gave you access to roles in international markets representing Irish brands. And um, I was on my way to the States on a J1 with a bunch of girls and uh, got called for an interview with Irish distillers. So went in and did the interviews and uh, yeah, next thing you know, I was back in Dublin to do the training. Now, before we go into the training, the graduate program, I have two questions there. One was, where did you do your J1? <laughs> Chicago. Chicago. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I did mine in New York. Um, I was jealous of people who went to Chicago. Oh, it was amazing. New York was a bit too big. It was great, but I don't know if it's J1, more of a more of a postgraduate kind of year thing, I think. Yeah, well, there were six of us living in a studio apartment. Probably like, sharing some one. Some people lived in the wardrobe. That yeah, was I was going to say, probably sharing one bed. <laughs> so everyone gets like one little... Depending on the night. Yeah. <laughs> and um, do you still have this, the Spanish or French? Do you still speak it? Would you still be strong with it? Um, Spanish better than French. So my French was better because I'd done that in uh, secondary school. I did French and German in secondary school and then left, gave up German and took up Spanish. But then when I went to San Francisco, um, I actually kind of kept speaking Spanish because a lot of people from South America, you know, were living there. So Spanish kind of took over French. So now when I try and speak French, Spanish pops out. But I, I still understand French, but not not as fluent. I wish I could I could understand this. I could barely understand English at, at the best of times. <laughs> so you started your training and then what was, I guess, what was the training like for you? Because it's, it's changed a lot in, in the, you know, the graduate program has been around. We're on 30 years now. It's constantly changing, constantly evolving. So what was the training like for you when you started? 
Well, first of all, I remember going into town and buying all these suits because I was a businesswoman then. (laughs) (laughs) Like skirts and blazers and going into work uh, down in Smithfield. So we did our training down there. It was brilliant. There was a really nice group of people who I'm still good friends with quite a few of the people. Um, So Simon Fay was the same year as me. Uh, My friend Sheila Golden is in the States still. We went, both of us went to the States. Really tight group of people, um, really passionate. Uh, We learned all about whiskey and did, you know, all the training in Middleton. Um, And then myself and Sheila, because we were going to the States, we had to wait for visas. So we actually were in Irish distillers for like three months. Okay. Yeah. What what were you doing while you were waiting? Were you working... On, on overseas, like were you working with the US team or were you working yeah. with the Irish team? No, I was working with the US team mostly. So kind of we did a big project evaluating the market. Um, any jobs anyone wanted done were kind of what we did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but just trying to, first of all, understand the market. So we did kind of deep dive into reviewing the spirits market and what was going on and trends and all that kind of stuff. But um, nobody knew our names. And I have <laughs> straight hair and Sheila has curly hair. So these called straight and curly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where did you go on the stage? What, what was your year like on the program? Well, it was a bit different then because you didn't know where you were going. So you had, it was like three weeks of training at the time. And I remember during those three weeks, everyone's like, well, I want to go here and I want to go there. And people are kind of like, you know, schmoozing up to the managers for the different markets and okay. trying to get their foot in the door. I really wanted to go to Spain because I haven't spent time there. Um, but that didn't work. <clears throat> um, but they said to me, didn't oh, you're not schmoozing. I obviously am not a great schmoozer. <laughs> Um, But they uh, came back to me and said, "Okay, well, we've decided you'd be great for San Francisco. And I was a bit like, oh, then I got to San Francisco and I clearly remember being in San Francisco, driving along one day going, this is the dream. Like, why did I not want to come here? Amazing city, super quirky. But quite small, so you could get around it really easy. You could get to know people. You could get to know all the bartenders and, you know, the sales reps, you know, brought me around to all the different accounts. So, like, pretty quickly you're walking down the road and people are saying hi to you, um, which was really nice. It's funny as well, like, you talk about there, you weren't too keen on going to San Francisco initially. Um, and, and we always get asked on the program, you know, oh, what do you have a preference of where you go in your first year? And and you don't. And people are like, oh, like I don't know if I want to go to these places. But every time you get sent, sent somewhere, you're like, this is amazing. Oh, unbelievable. And I suppose it's just you don't know it. But then I got there and I remember literally going up and down the hills going, like, how thick was I? <laughs> this is <laughs> the dream. Is it windy there? It is. It gets quite cold. Well, relatively speaking, I suppose, in comparison to L.A., it's uh, it gets foggy. Okay. So in the summertime, the fog comes in. But it depends on what part of the city you live in. But literally, if you go half an hour outside the city, it's roasting. OK. Yeah. yeah that's well, not roasting, but it's it's warm. So you could go and do camping or any kind of outdoor activities you want to do. Because Berkeley is actually just, just the way that, over. That's where like, a lot of my friends would have been in J1, which is a popular place to go to. Mm. And what was, I guess, your it was a year over there in San Francisco, wasn't it? Yeah, so when I when I started, the program was only a year. Mm. Um, so you kind of went on for one year and that was it. But I was quite lucky. Mine got extended. So I did a year and a half and then ended up um, not wanting to leave. Loved San Francisco. Loved the job. Loved the industry. Just really good fun. Really, um, really exciting. Really exciting place to be. Like if you think back in 1999, it was the whole dot com thing. So, you know, I was looking for opportunities to do sponsorships of bars and events of these different dot com parties that were going on. So, you know, every night there was something going on. Yeah. 
What was because I want to talk to you about post program and, and I guess your career journey from that. But what was your role in San Francisco? Um, I, I guess because even we had Simon Fay on the podcast talking, and while again the programs evolved, the, the kind of bones of the role of a brand ambassador is still very very similar. So what was I guess your day to day, or as we always say, no two days are alike in the graduate program, but. Yeah, so for me, um, I worked very closely with the sales team over there. So in the US, there's a three tier system. So you sell into a wholesaler and then the wholesaler sells on. So the reps are from the wholesaler. So I basically would work with a lot of them. Uh, but then once I kind of made connections and I knew the bars myself, myself, I would go in and I would organize, you know, different events with different bars. You know, if they had a company who was doing an event, I would look to see if I could sponsor that. Okay, what was your first role post program? Well, the first role that I went for, I didn't actually get. So uh, it was a field marketing role and we did this interview and I, I just felt like I didn't really kind of get going in terms of the interview. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't get it. Totally devastated. But I wanted the job so bad. I rang him up and I asked him, you know, could you give me some feedback as to, you know, why I didn't get the job? What could I do better? You know, I'd like to learn from the experience. Then he rang me back and he said, do you know what? Actually, we'll give you a shot. So, <laughs> so the call worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh, he kind of went, well, maybe a woman now has something in her. So I <laughs> okay. um, had to come home to Ireland, get my visa organized, and then I came back out. So, yeah, I worked in field marketing. So I covered basically Alaska down to Louisiana um, across all of the uh, Pernui car brands. That's, oh, so, whoa, that's, that's a huge area <clears throat> to cover. Yeah. And how long were you there? How long was your role in? I did that for about three and a half years. So, you know, I was kind of looking at, you know, Chivas and obviously still Jemison, um, but the full portfolio brand. So it was really interesting. You were working with different targets, I was working with Martel. Um, so totally different consumers versus what I'd been working on with Jemison. So it was brilliant. And then from there, where, where did you go on to? I'm trying to piece the puzzle into your Well, after your that, um, I decided I was going to go traveling. So uh, I went traveling around the world for a year. And then I came back to Dublin and I was looking for a job and I went into a company called Alternatives, uh, who did kind of marketing placements and marketing training and consultancy. So I went in to look for a job with them and then they offered me a job. So I worked with them um, setting up their marketing training side of the business and did that for about a year and a half, which was brilliant because it kind of gave me exposure to the Irish market and to understand how things work here and, you know, what business in Ireland is like. Um, but then the lure of Jemison called me back and <laughs> I came back, I think, in 2007 uh, to work in what was the international commercial team at the time. So having obviously worked in the US, um, I kind of fitted back into, slotted back into that. So I was what was called a regional manager for the US and Canada. And then did you look after grads? And were they under your yeah, your yeah. So a lot of grads um, hired a load of amazing people to work in the US. Um, and I did the US and Canada and then the US and South America. We had grads in South America and mm. Argentina and Brazil and Uruguay as well. Um, so I think there were maybe 10 or 12 at one stage. Yeah, we had a really large group of grads in the US. What's that like, I guess, from, or, from your perspective of once being a grad to now looking um, I guess after like well it was good rides. in the interview process because I could tell who mm. you know I thought would be a good candidate like it's full on you know you need somebody who's really self-motivated somebody who's got drive somebody who's engaging like to work in the drinks industry you need to like 
people. <laughs> you need yeah, to like yeah. engaging with people. So, you know, you're looking for the right kind of character that you think could work <clears throat> um, in, in the US. Who, who has that serious character. One, there one you go. But you do, like, it, it's a very personal job. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess it's especially the brand ambassador role because you're on the ground and, and you're kind of the first point of contact often for the brand. Completely. And I would often say, you know, if, if you think about it, some of the time, you know, you're working with sales reps. Mm. So if you're going to be in the car with somebody all day long, like to keep that vibe going, to keep them energized, to make them like your brand, you know, it's a certain type of person that that works for. Yeah, of course. And so then what was the progression after that? So you were looking after the... So I did the US and Canada, and then I did the US and South America, and then I had baby number one, and then I did Europe, so Southern Europe, um, looked after Southern Europe. So when I say I looked after, basically all the strategy for Jemison is done here in Dublin. <laughs> and then my role was to work with the markets to help them bring the strategy to life. So, you know, that's what they do. So I was kind of the link between the markets. Um, so very different, you know, the US is a massive market and they have a lot of people and, you know, it's kind of like a small cog and a big wheel kind of setup. Whereas <laughs> with the other markets, you know, they were really looking for your experience to try and help them and guide them in terms of what they should do. So totally different type of role, but really interesting. And then I came back to the US and I was regional director um, kind of heading up the Americas at that stage. Where were you based then? Always in Dublin. Yeah, so, but traveling a lot. So yeah. I would be over and back, you know, to the States, oh, like, I don't know, six, seven, eight times a year. Um, so a lot of travel, kind of go maybe on a Tuesday back on a Friday morning um, because it, it's really important to meet the markets and to know what's going on. And because I'd worked there, you know, you kind of knew from the ground up how things work. Mm. Uh, so you could bring that back and feed that into the marketing team in Dublin, which which really helped as well. And so then that was that, that brings us up to where that like so that stage then I went as brand director for Jemison mm-hmm. um and did that for a while and then had I don't know what baby am I on now two or three <laughs> <laughs> uh, so three boys along the way um and then after that I moved into managing director of brand homes so Brand Homes is the Jemison Distillery in Bow Street and then mm-hmm. the Middleton Distillery, but not making any of the whiskey, just the visitor experience. Yes, yeah, of course. And that's where you actually want to shout out to Michelle Lane. That's, that's, that's where you met Michelle, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. In Bow Street. Michelle works with the graduate team. Um, like, do you have, I guess like, you've had an incredible journey and, and of course you're, you're learning things from every role that you're in and that's I guess the natural progression of, of a career you know you, you take things from your previous role and you bring that to your new role but is there anything from the being a brand ambassador or from I guess your start even point of the journey that, that you took with you or that you learned that has helped you um, to, I guess get the role that you have today or, or certainly cr- progress as, as well as you have I think one thing is <clears throat> having come through the grad program you always have an absolute passion for the brands you mm. know uh you're sitting there wearing your jameson jumper <laughs> with my, <laughs> my jameson bag and know, in the bag I, is the jameson cap i'm the same i have my jameson bag yeah, my jameson yeah. socks you just have an inherent brand love because you know <clears throat> your job at the start is to make other people love the brand so you have that passion you have that love and you have that real desire to to share that so that's one thing i think also you get a really good grounding of the business you're seeing how things are done on a practical basis you're seeing what the role of the sales rep is you're seeing you know what works and what doesn't work but also selling you know you're selling with you're selling the brand with your customers with mm. consumers uh, and, you know, I think some people think that sometimes selling is maybe the sexy side of things, but actually everything we do to a certain extent 
you're selling your ideas, you're selling your creative stuff if you're more in the marketing side of things, but you still need to sell it into somebody. So, you know, that's a key skill that I think you learn as well. You, you get a grounding of, of every aspect as well. I know from personally my role currently at the moment, you know, I see the sales and I see the marketing side of things as well. And it's quite holistic how mm. it, it all, all together. comes together. And yeah. it's quite good getting that experience because mm-hmm. you're you're on a kind of balancing between both and mm-hmm. you're getting so much exposure, which which is great, which kind of sets you up for, I, mean, I guess, post-program opportunities. Totally. Like just the practicality of seeing stuff come to life in the market is, you know, really exciting. I think sometimes people who are in marketing who don't have that grounded experience of seeing how stuff works on the ground, mm-hmm. you know, aren't as rich marketeers. You also get a great, certainly for now, you get a great exposure into different aspects of the company too, as a sales, marketing, digital. So it's very, it's, it's much easier and it kind of gives you a clear vision of maybe what you want mm-hmm. post-program. And you see it all the time mm-hmm. with people who are on the program, who've gone down the sales route, who've gone down the marketing route, who've gone down the digital route or whatever, the experiential route, whatever it might be. And it's because they got that, that exposure at, at the start mm-hmm. of the graduate program from yeah. what you do. Now, it's great as well. The graduate program is now up to a three-year program with, with two international placements, which is amazing and the training development that you get. But those, I guess, the, the bones of, of what you receive has been there since the start. Yeah, totally. And do you have, do you have a favourite kind of memory on the program? Um, not, not like in your entire... T- career but on the program for that year do you have or a year and a half actually yours was extended do you have a favorite memory oh um do i have a favorite memory i, I don't know I, I guess the experience for me um i'm not sure if one particular thing like the whole experience was amazing you know going from going to a place that you had no idea or no kind of preconceived ideas about to all of a sudden, you know, falling in love with the city to building your confidence, making new friends. Mm. Um, and well, I suppose it's led me to where I am now. You know, I've pretty much nearly been at the same company apart from that time in alternatives for my whole career. So it's led me to a good place. Did you always think you were going to be in the drinks industry when you started or... Is it just, you just keep getting drawn or you were drawn back to it because you enjoyed it so much? Yeah, no, I didn't at all. Like I went for the interview with Jemison um, and next thing you know, I got the job and it just kind of led on from there. But um, for me, I, I really enjoy it. I'm very sociable. You know, I like the connection. I like people side of thing. Yeah. You know, there's something, there's something amazing about it. Like you open the doors of the warehouse and all the casks are sitting there and, you know, opening the cask and smelling it and the aroma, like it's amazing, but it's a sociable industry as well. So there's so much heritage and history and, you know, people that have looked after these brands over all the years to what we've created now, which are these big international brands, mm. which are a huge success. Even from a Jemison perspective, it's an incredible story. And to be part of that, you know, immediately, even before you start working, you're kind of like, okay. Like, that, well, to that's be part a, of a successful brand, you know, a brand on the up, you know, if you go to South Africa, you see big billboards for Jemison and, you know, you go to Russia, uh, you go to Australia, you go obviously to the States, but you go to Argentina. Um, so mm. globally, you know, it's, it's, it's huge. We actually had, we've, we've Connor, we had Connor Frieda back in season one, if anyone wants to listen, who talked about his time on the programme. And he tells a funny story of when he was on the radio station in Argentina. And then I think he flew to Uruguay and someone was like, oh, you're Connor. I hear you on the radio. And he's like, that is bizarre. But it's just because the brand. That guy, Andy, uh, is the DJ. Yeah. So I hosted him. He used to come over every year. It's part of the global broadcast. Oh, yeah. 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 He's huge. 
absolutely yeah, yeah. huge down there. Massive. Yeah. You touched on there actually, and this is something that Simon Fay, who was also talking about his career journey, talked about talked about was was confidence and mm-hmm. how the graduate program gives you confidence. Is, would you agree there, and kind of sets you up with with the. I guess, a a level of confidence that you wouldn't have had. Totally. You know, it puts you outside your comfort zone. You know, you're moving to a different country. Uh, Like I remember at the start uh, calling up the sales reps and say the number was 415215, whatever the phone number was. So I was ringing, hi, my name (laughs) is... Glad you didn't give a phone phone number there. People start ringing it. (laughs) Uh, So I used to, I was trying to get in contact with all the sales reps to tell them I was here. I'm the new brand ambassador in town. But no one understood my accent. So no one rang me back. And I was like, that's weird. Like, why is no one <laughs> ringing me? So I rang again. But the order I was saying the numbers in wasn't the way that they do it, you know, in terms of three numbers, two or three numbers, three numbers, four numbers. I was doing it differently. So no one picked up the number plus an Irish accent on top of that. So, you know, just. Oh, so instead of like five, 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 oh, one, you'd be like, oh, it's seven, six. Yeah. Three, five, four. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I just said it in a way that nobody picked it up. So no one rang me back. So I just had to find ways to find all these people. So <laughs> I, I literally You arrived. also become a spy on the program, apparently. <laughs> well, I was like, okay, well, if they're not going to ring me back. So I found where the office was and I brought some donuts and I went down and I met them. And, you know, you, you just have to find ways of making things happen. Mm. That's um, <laughs> how did they find, were they, were, they, were they a bit like, how did you find us or were they just happy to get the donuts? Well, they were happy to get the donuts <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so just organized to work with them and, you know, went out, worked with them. But, you know, if you're bringing value to their customer calls, well, then they're happy to have you. Hmm. Is there any skills that you would have, I guess, gained on the program that, that you still take with you today or, or that certainly have grown from your time in the program that you use Current role. Yeah, I think, you know, interpersonal skills, um, absolutely spending that time with people um, learning to sell, learning the importance of following through. You know, you could work with a sales rep and go to 10 different accounts. There's no point in going in saying hi, like you need to bring some value. So making sure that you follow through on whatever you said you were going to do, if you're going to do a tasting, if you were going to organize an event for them or whatever it was. Mm. So, you know, being really organized as well and managing your time um, and then just being self-motivated. Yeah, yeah, because it is very, it's, it's quite, quite an, um, it can be quite an autonomous job mm-hmm. at times too and often. And certainly I, I've realized myself this year is you can create the work for yourself and mm-hmm. often often you need to, um, which, which is something that I guess I hadn't experienced before. Which is exciting. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. For, like for me, I love that. I, I love the fact that you can go out and shape it and find ways to do things that people haven't done before and, and bring your own kind of touch to it. And it's that thing like, you know, the day one and the, the person who I took the role over from Pippa and every brand ambassador would be like, day one, they're like, what am I meant to do? And then by day f- five after the first week, you know, and by after you've realized you've a list of things to do because you've yeah. agreed to do tastings or you've called into places and you suddenly, the more you get yourself out there, the more you put totally. yourself out there. That's the it. More the more work. you engage and the more you meet, yeah. the more stuff there is to do and the more ideas you have and the more people you connect with and the more opportunities you see of things that there are to do. And you're working with an incredible community as well, certainly from a band or pastor's perspective of the, the trade and the bar. You're working with an amazing people who are incredibly skilled and talented in their own and very different 
as well. Like it's, it's a very diverse tr- group, and um, so it's so it's really really fun. And they're delighted to see you. Oh, delighted you know, to see you. So you're working on a brand which they, most people really like, and then you're coming in to add value to whatever the conversation is. So people are delighted to see you. Do you have, I guess, because we, we didn't touch upon what, what your role is currently as Managing Director for Ireland, what I guess would, would fall under your remit? So right now, um, I'm responsible for the sales and marketing. Uh, well, me and my team, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, for the sales and marketing of the full Pernery Car portfolio of brands on the island of Ireland. So um, the reason I say island of Ireland is because we have a team up in the north um, in a company called Dylan Bass. And then down here, um, we're part of Irish distillers. So we sell, obviously, Jemison, Book Powers, Redbreast. Um, and then we have... Malfi and Absolute and Beefeater and Champagnes and Wines. So a very broad portfolio of brands. Mm. Do you, what do you think, I guess, when you started the program? Okay, this is, because I won't go into advice now in terms of for people listening to this, but say, you know, you came in, you just got offered the role of Irish Distillers back in, what, what year did you? 1998. 1998. When I was 10. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you wow! You had an incredible career at that age, and they said that your 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 role is going to be manager director of Ireland. Would you be like, whoa, whoa? Would you believe it, or would you? No, you know, sitting there at that time, no. Um, but you know, these things kind of it happened. The flow from one to the next. I remember working in the international team, and I had a team of three people and maybe 10 brand ambassadors. And then when I moved into brand homes, I had a team of 150 people. Mm. I was like. <gasps> Okay, how's this going to work? But you make it work. And yeah. that's why they give you the job because they see the confidence in, in your, they have confidence in your ability to do it. So, you know, the first year you're totally bricking it. You're like, am I doing the right thing? Am I not? But, you know, the next year you just realize that all of a sudden you have the confidence and you are doing it. And then the third year you're like really doing it. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think every time I've moved into a different role, you've always got that fear factor of like, <gasps> can I do this? But then, you know, there's no point in pretending that you know everything. You ask questions and you have people around you. It's not your job to do everything. There's lots of skilled people who are there to do it. But, you know, you just need to work with them and try and get the best out of them as well. So it's a point of reflection as well. You know, you look back, you go, oh, well, when I first joined, wasn't the best, I suppose, because you have the confidence now. And that's probably the same with anything, you know, yeah. sport, um, academics, whatever it is. Totally. When you look back on when you first started to where you are now, it's it's a lot different yeah like I'm the third year in this role now and I remember at the start like just constantly everything was new so you're listening and you're <clears> learning and you're trying to you know get your head around everything and then the second year you know what they're talking about and then the third year you're like okay well let's now try and see what are the things you can improve and do better have you think thinking about your career what's I guess the best piece of advice that you have received to date yeah that's interesting I think you know, I think have confidence in yourself, you know, so every time I went into one of these things, you're kind of going, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do this. But people don't mind that as long as you're trying, you know, so so just have confidence in yourself and give yourself a break. Stop trying to put like all this massive pressure on yourself all the time. I must be overachieving. I must be this. I must be that. Try your best. Get stuck in. And, you know, don't be afraid to say I don't know, like when I started this job, I remember looking at this spreadsheet and I was going, I actually don't have a box of what's going on here because I can't, <laughs> I can't read the abbreviations. Like at the top, there are all these abbreviations. There's a lot of abbreviations. So I was like, guys, I actually don't know what those are. I don't know what any of the numbers are because I don't know what the headings mean. And they're like, oh, okay. 
So, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. Have a laugh. Enjoy it. Um, and, you know, people don't expect you to know everything. So, you know, be humble and just say, look, I'm not really sure what that is. And people accept that and that's fine. That's a great piece of advice. And people like to be asked for help as well. Like People like to, to be asked to... to and a hand or you know, help you show some things. Mm -hmm. No one's going to think worse of you. In fact, they're almost going to think better because you're actively trying to... Get to know get whatever, to know it, whatever, is. whatever yeah. it is. Mm -hmm. Do you... I guess, look, you're, you're in a leadership role. Do you have what would be, in your opinion, the strongest attribute or, or to be a leader? So I think to be a leader listening is really important well, it depends on the different times so you know i think you need to listen so especially in your year one mm. so what i would do is talk and listen to really try and understand and get to know the people around you um but at different times in leadership you know you need to lead from the front there's other times when you need to step back and let other people do so you know depending on the situation that you're in but I think making connections with people and understanding what's going on around you is super important. There's no point in thinking, I'm the leader, I'm the boss over here. It's actually, you need to be part of your team and really understand what's going on in, in order to be able to move it forward. Great, that, that is a very, well done. Good. Good. <laughs> it's very similar to what Simon said as well, though, and that's what I find rather interesting because two fantastic leaders and um, with, with kind of the same approach there as well. Mm. Do you have like a, a biggest success to date because I'm going to I have one or two more questions and then I'm going to go into the quick fire the, the lighthearted stuff at the end but but do you have I guess for you a, the biggest success to date um, in your career um I think probably the thing I'm most proud about is the redevelopment project at the Jemson Distillery mm -hmm. so um you know I started into that project and worked with Paula Reynolds and John Carroll and Ray Dempsey and a whole group of people in an amazing agency Michelle Layden of course um but it was, you know, basically redeveloping the whole experience. So it was a construction project as well for about six months. So totally putting yourself into an area that, you know, you know nothing about, which is managing a massive construction project. But actually at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For some reason, I remember you with the top, with the hard, hard hat, hat on. Oh, yeah, that's what we used to wear. Yeah, and yeah, walking and around. Steel the hot, the steel top coat. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we were wearing. But, you know, I remember at the start going like, where do you even start with this? You know, so there's the physical building side of things, but then there's the whole people side of things. And then there's the experience side of things. But it was really intense. So we used to call it the Bow Street bubble. Like we were just like stuck in the middle of this. We had a timeline of six months that we had to have it done by because we had to be open for St. Patrick's Day. Mm. Um, so it was really intense. We all worked so hard. There was a huge amount of energy around it. And then we opened the doors on time for St. Patrick's Day. And it has just been awarded for the fourth year in a row, the leading distillery experience. So, you know. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's not just <laughs> me. It's obviously the whole team and the experience that is delivered there. But, you know, it's it was a really exciting project to work on. Um, so that's probably the thing I'm most proud of. It is. It's a very like everyone who goes there. It's, it's incredible. And the amount of experience they have, too. In, in terms of, I think a lot of people thought it was just a tour, but there's so much more. There's mm -hmm. the Black Bar Bending Cast, there's the Shakers, there's mm -hmm. the Castrol. There's so much going on while kind of keeping it very true to the old grounds of, of Bow Street Distillery, which is which is lovely. Mm -hmm. And I love in, inside, and actually for people listening who have been to the distillery or are going to the distillery, if you go in and look on the carving, on the... Oh, for the names? For the names. Mm -hmm. you, you can notice by the bar and by, by the whatever, the tables? 
yeah what happened was <laughs> it was originally just around the bar but then there were more names that we needed to put around so around the edges of the tables as well you can just find the names of the people who were part of the of, of Bow Street of, of people who'd worked there over the years so we took the names from the archives so all the people who'd worked there all the distillers the coopers all the names basically that we had from the archives plus um, all the people who were working on the project and all the current people who were working there when we did the project as well and that goes back to what I said at the start of the, the, start of the podcast you're kind of part of that story and it's stuff like that that you're like okay this is my know, name's on the bar I mean uh, mine isn't I hadn't joined the company <laughs> at the time but let's here's hoping I'll, I'll just carve it in somewhere I won't uh, but yeah that, you're, you're part of that story you're part of that journey of, of the growth of not just kind of a, a you know ma- major brand but an Irish brand too with such mm-hmm. history and heritage behind it dates back to 1780 1780 um, well 1740 if you want when John Jemison was born uh, <laughs> if we Say there's, there's people listening to this podcast now um, and they've heard of, of your amazing journey and, and the major roles you've had and the markets you've covered and I guess what you've been exposed to and they want to join to the, the programme. W- would you have any advice for them? So I would advise them to think about the um, application process and really, you know, put some energy into showing the personality in the video that they do um, and because that's where they'll stand out, you know, because obviously all those videos are reviewed. So really make an effort to make it interesting, to make it personal to yourself. I think that's really important. And finally, Claire, just in terms of advice for people who might be listening to this, look, the graduate program might not be for them. It's it's not always for everyone, but they really liked your journey of your career. What advice would you have for someone who's who's about to finish college and want to start their career? Is, Is there any piece of advice you'd have? Yeah, I think... You know, if you start a role, it's not like you're going to be there forever. So just get stuck into something, but do something that you're interested in uh, do something that, you know, you're drawn to. Because I think if you're interested in it, if you're passionate about it, you're going to enjoy the time. You spend a lot of your time at work. So do something that you enjoy. If you don't like it, you can change. But, you know, try it and mm. give it your all. And if you don't like it as well, you can take something from it. That's the one thing that my mother always taught me is no matter what job you do, whether you hate it or love it, you can take something from it mm-hmm. um, and just make sure you do take something from it because mm-hmm. that's how you'll progress onto the job that you want. Yeah. Claire, I'm going to finish off with some quick fire questions, um, if that is okay with you. Sure. Um, and just, uh, there's one or two at the end that, that you don't know about, um, but they're not, again, I said. No I tricky said, ones. No, no tricky ones. Uh, who's your favourite podcast host? Um, <laughs> who's the, the best looking podcast <laughs> person you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know that answer. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> These are like your quick fire questions. <laughs> One word that people would use to describe you. Um, positive. One place you want to travel to next. Switzerland, hopefully next Sunday. <laughs> oh, where? where Gen- Geneva? No, uh, to, well, we're flying to Zurich. My husband is Swiss. I met in San Francisco while I was on the oh, grad yes, program. Oh, yes, you told us that. Swiss Chris. Yeah. Swiss Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we had another friend who was called English Paul. <laughs> just to roll off the tongue as much. Very creative. <laughs> yeah, just, Swiss Chris is good because it rhymes. And then you, you still just, call that. You just got lazy then and said, well, Paul's from England. And Scottish John was another. <laughs> Jeez, you just didn't stop. Were you Irish Claire? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> There were quite a few Irish people. So. Okay, okay. Um, okay, so Switzerland, next. Switzerland, yeah, hopefully uh, on the 26th. Three words to describe the Jameson International Graduate Programme. Um, exciting. Um, 
engaging and I was going to say a great experience, but that's not that's not one. <laughs> but a great experience is two oh, words. There you go. Ah, great. Perfect. That's it. That's the answer. <laughs> You're better at this than me. And someone already said that. <laughs> I, I'm not going to I'm not going to pawn off someone else's ideas as much as I would love to. I actually think Simon Fay was was it, was it Simon? Some, someone had said yeah. Some, someone someone had said um had said well that's a great answer. Ah, great experience. experience. Boom. Um, favorite part of your job. Um, it says one word answer here, but you can't give a one word answer there. If, so, favorite part of your job? Sales. Sales. Okay. Oh, you did. Great. Boom. I'm getting um, better. Claire, but the last two <laughs> questions, I guess, is do you have a favorite memory of your time on your, your, your career so far? Like not just in graduate program, your career. Do you have a favorite? Probably before we opened Bow Street, we did this whole kind of team huddle. And we were all like just so excited and we couldn't wait to show what we had kind of created to everyone. And there was such intensity and excitement with the whole team. Everyone's wearing their new uniforms. No one has been inside as yet. And we did this kind of practice day. The energy that we had at that meeting was just unbelievable. So that was probably it. That's a lovely memory. Really nice. And finally, I guess my question is there's the last, not really a surprise question, but there is someone who's, who likes the idea of the program, might be a bit afraid of the video, but they're on the fence. What would you say to them? Don't be afraid. Just do it. Just show yourself. You know, we're looking for lots of different types of people for this project or program. Sorry, it's not just one type of person. Mm -hmm. Everybody has something in them that's worthwhile um, sharing. So show something that showcases your personality, I think. Thank you very much, Claire. Thank you. And for those people who are listening, if you do want to apply to the Jameson International Graduate Programme, you can do so on our website at jamesongraduateprogramme.com. And please do follow us on all social channels for any updates, advice, hints and tips on the programme. And that's at Jameson Grad Program on all social handles. And thanks so much to Claire for that very special bonus episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you next season.